This week, I'm going to talk about two exciting new companies I looked at from an angel investment side, the steps I took to get involved, and how you too might use these as part of your investment portfolio. Let's get started. Would you rather talk about your sex life or money life? Surprisingly, most people would rather not talk about money, how to save it or invest it. This podcast is about helping you simplify your money life. Delivered by Dr. Henry Joseph Speck, a psychologist by training, Henry is a seasoned investor with over 40 years of successful investing in real estate, stocks and other alternate forms of income generation. Tune in to the twice-monthly podcasts to get his thoughts and tips on how to reach financial freedom. How to achieve the life you deserve. Now, here's Dr. Speck. So as you know, in my book, Shrink Money Advice, I talk about angel investing and that that's part of the portfolio that my fictitious couple got involved with and uh, some of the risks and benefits to doing this. And I just finished uh, uh, going through about three to six months of looking at these two companies and finally I was able to work out something and do an investment with them. So let me take you through the steps in case you're interested in doing this and uh, let's start off and talk about the risks because the risks are significant. Um, before you get involved with any type of angel investing, whether it be on Front Funder or even if you go after them privately, as I did in these two cases, uh, they will want to make sure that you understand the risks. And, and the risks to this kind of investing are significant, that um, it's quite likely and highly likely that for many of the uh, companies who invest in, they will go to zero. So you need to understand that going in, that there's a, there's a significant chance that, that you will uh, lose part or all of your investment. You have to accept that risk. Now, that's not the idea going in. Obviously, as I talk about in the book, you want to get as close to a coin flip as you can and, and beating that coin flip. So at least if you are in the game long enough, you'll be able to realize some incredible gains. So since we started, we, we went through a phase initially uh, Mary and I, where there was nothing available in Canada. So we actually invested on a, a sort of a platform uh, for accredited investors in California. And we were fortunate enough to be involved with uh, a company called Space Monkey. Uh, what a name. It was a small company that um, went out and had a way for you, if you wanted to store something on the cloud, instead of putting it all in one place, bits of it were placed in different places. And a bit hard to explain, but basically what they're trying to do is go after that security issue to make sure that your information was secure and people couldn't hack in and take information. Uh, we had invested in the company, small investment, I think it was $5,000, and when it when it um, was taken out, it was like nine or something U.S., and that was a fun kind of first experience, and usually that doesn't happen. Usually you go to zero. Uh, a second um, company we invested in on FrontFunder, uh, they started looking for funds and then realized they didn't need it. So after we had invested, they simply returned all the capital back to us. So, so those are the only two that have actually come to a fruition or end, if you will. But fully, we expect some of the ones we've invested in to go to zero. And um, the, the hope is that the few that do make it do well enough to compensate not only for 
those that don't make it but give you a reasonable return. So you have to be able to understand this risk and not let it, uh, you know, keep you up at night and, and make sure you know that you're looking at probably a 5 to 10 year timeline as far as any type of return. Most of them, unless you're doing some form of convertible debt, aren't going to be paying you any interest as you would get on a conventional mortgage if you took out mortgage uh, financing uh, for someone or if you're involved with uh, some other form of an investment. For example, I talk about dividends being extremely important, but not in the case usually of these types of companies. So the first company I'll talk about is Novalte, N-O-V-A-L-T-E dot C-A. What drew me to them really was not just their passion for what they do, but also for the fact, and, and these two both have themes. If you remember in the book, I talk about my theme for home care. These have to do with people living a high quality of life in their homes, whether they may have a disability or a tragic event happen, or if they're aging and they wish to age in their homes. This first company, Novolte, .ca is based now in Cambridge, and what they do is they have a, a software and, and a technology that allows all of the things in your home to be integrated, but also repaired from a distance. So if you're a person who's confined to a wheelchair and you're using voice trigger technology and all everything that you can, their technology sort of puts it all in one box and then lets you communicate with them and they will know right away if something's not working. So if, if your router's down and you rely on internet to communicate with others or to open doors, they have switches, they have a whole host of other uh, uh, sort of incredible ways to link existing technology and technology that will be coming into one simple base. It, it, I'll just read you a little bit of what I've, I've, I've got from their site. It, it can operate with your voice, accessible switches, smartphones, Google Home, and more. The beauty of Emoto, it can adapt and accommodate to almost any need, can be controlled in a variety of ways, and reprogram it remotely. Whether needs are changing due to degenerative illness or accident, or you just want to put your trusted switches to more use, Emoto will change your life. So that's really the key component. Wherever switches are involved in what we call smart homes or internet-connected homes, Emoto, this technology that they use, will help coordinate all of it together and be able to help. Now, if you go to your, uh, their site, you're going to see some pretty inspirational stories about how their technology has allowed people with various disabilities to remain independent and enjoy a high quality of life. The second company is called Home Accept, E-X-C-E-P-T, and it's a, it's a sensor. It was manufactured in Nova Scotia, Canada. It integrates numerous sensors into one platform for non-intrusive monitoring. Now, let me talk about this for a moment. It's not just a sensor, of course. It's the back-end software and also the artificial intelligence they're creating, and let me explain how that works. So once the sensors are... Are, are, are mounted in a certain location. It could be a person's home. It could be a retirement home or a nursing home. The technology does not identify, so it's not video, it's not audio. It doesn't take pictures of anything. It's totally non-intrusive and it's anonymous. Um, but it looks at the patterns that are occurring in that home. So these sensors, which are initially developed for the military, um, as far as being able to sense heat, and, and movement 
and temperature and a whole host, and I'm going to read them in a second. Uh, first of all, they, they've created an app for this, of course. Uh, the dashboard tells you what's happening in the location that's being uh, monitored, if you will. Monitor is probably not a good word, but that's basically what happens. Um, they also have a dashboard for building owners. So if you own an apartment building, you can install this throughout your apartment building because it does, it's not intrusive. It doesn't identify anyone or anything, but it keeps track of temperature and a whole host of other factors, including thermal readings. It also, of course, detects motion. Um, in other words, it detects how long someone's been sitting. If We're going to switch back now to the uh, aging in place or retirement home situation. It tells you uh, how long that person has been seated, where they're going, how often they move. And gradually over time, the technology begins to learn the pattern. So if I were 85 living alone, this technology by Home Accept would gradually learn my patterns. What time I get up, when do I go for breakfast? Uh, when do I go to the bathroom? Of course, it doesn't, uh, it's totally anonymous, so there's no visual or anything, but it can keep track of movement. And should I uh, experience a sudden fall and not be moving, the technology would pick that up and immediately call or alert people that I have not moved from the bathroom in 10 minutes or the kitchen in five or whatever it may be. And so it provides almost the same vigilance that you would get um, from a home care person in certain situations. It also measures temperature. Did I leave the stove on? Uh, the curling iron, was it left on? Um, any type of hot or cold during the winter months, the question is, um, you know, is the heat working? Was a window left open? Is my loved one at risk? Or the property, is it at risk? Are there risks of frozen pipes? Uh, and it could indicate, uh, or a lack of cold events, this is another fascinating uh, finding, can indicate someone is not opening the fridge or not eating. So the artificial intelligence can say, well, you know, that fridge hasn't been opened in a day. How is this person eating properly? It also looks at light levels, whether there's enough light to activity. Uh, a night light, if someone's up at night, someone having problem with sleep, sounds, it measures sounds, TVs, conversations. Is that going on? Not the exact conversations, but is it happening? Um, also situations such as smoke alarms. So the sensors are artificially intelligence-based for anonymous readings. It does not know who these events are related to. Only subscribers know who and where their sensors are. Using labels and notifications, a subscriber can understand the context of an event. So if someone is uh, having home care, for example, and you know that the home care worker is in the home from 3 to 6, and you want the artificial intelligence, you can look at the software and look at the thing, and it will summarize for you what's happening with that interaction. How often is the person interacting with your loved one, interacting with them? Um, are they in the kitchen? What is going on? So there's a great deal of help in that area. Um, Graphs, notifications, visualizations to provide subscribers with insight into events and patterns. So the, the issue about notifications and using artificial intelligence is key for this new startup. So we're not just talking about a sensor because the sensors can be built anywhere eventually. Uh, and we know what happened with BlackBerry. So that's obviously a concern when it comes to these types of startups. The exciting part for me is the artificial intelligence on the back end and the ability to be able to um, understand 
and report how that person is doing within their home in a non-intrusive, anonymous fashion. The other exciting factor for me, and, and I've talked to them a little bit about um, the chances of being able to measure uh, things like heart rate or breath respiration, so that when we ask ourselves, did this person uh, do their exercise program today, the artificial intelligence should be able to tell us whether or not that happened. Now, that's extremely important down the road when we're looking at quality of life and making sure that as we add services to the home, whether it be provided by a person or a robot, which is the next level, so this software could actually integrate, the artificial intelligence could then integrate with some um, aspects of robotic care, which is coming, so that should that person be unable to move, the robot could assist, could assess the situation, and then report back to us with regard to next steps. So this is all very exciting. It fits with the theme of home care, which I told you in my book. I talk about that's one, in my opinion, the next 10 to 15 years will be incredible for personalized medicine and home care. So those are the two companies. I know I went on a little bit more about the second and the first. They're both amazing companies, and we're very excited to be involved as investors, but also be able to listen and watch. And I'm going to be testing the Home Accept software in my mom's house in April, so I'm excited to be reporting how that works. The, the method, so I found out about these companies just, just through basic press types of press releases I read about their companies probably up to three, probably five months ago and started connecting with them and said, hey, you know, um, tell me a bit more about what you do. And they were quite cooperative. They weren't looking for any funding at the time. Um, I then sent uh, another email a few months later after doing, doing some more due diligence and said, are you, you know, are you into the point of looking for some funding? And just the other day, probably two weeks ago, I contacted them and said, you know, what's up? It's me again. How are you doing? With Home Accept, I had sent a, a request to purchase their original beta uh, technology, but they hadn't felt, and, and this is interesting, so they, they had a system set up where people could actually do this. They were looking for 50 or 100 people to purchase the initial um, hardware software um, service. And I had sent in my credit card information and everything, and they took the credit cards, said I would have my equipment, and then they realized that they were having some glitches, so they quickly refunded my money, and they contacted me directly and said, look, we're really sorry, but we really think we need some more time before we release this, so here's your money back. And it was quite, quite great customer service, which, of course, intrigued me some more, and I was able to get involved. So it was about keeping an eye open for outstanding opportunities that fit with a philosophy that we have as far as the importance of home care. The second important thing to remember is this wasn't just a quick, impulsive kind of thing. This took a great deal of work as far as background information, uh, getting to talk to them on the phone with some meetings. The other part is, you know, when I watch some of these, I'm sure many of you watch Dragon's Den or or Shark Tank, and, and of course, I'm a very, we're very small investors compared to that, but the majority of those uh, um, companies presented, I would never invest in. I, I think maybe one a year looks interesting. So we're, just as with properties, and I talk about real estate, um, it's important to be very selective and make sure you do your due diligence, and not that we're going to be any better than the coin flip, but that's our goal, to be somewhat better so that we can, whether it be stocks or properties, or in this case, an investment uh, on a startup, we're able to uh, make a, a better than average decision. 
I'm Dr. Henry Speck for Shrink Money Advice. Look forward to hearing from you. Remember, with uh, uh, angel investing, you'll need to be an accredited investor. They'll talk to you about that uh, should you find a company you want to get involved with. And I look forward to speaking with you again next time. You have been listening to the Shrink Money Advice podcast with Dr. Henry Joseph Speck. Remember to pick up your copy of Dr. Speck's latest book, Shrink Money Advice, on Amazon.ca or the audio version at awesound.com. That's A-W-E sound.com. 